Hi, this is Patty Lapone. This is Allison Janney. This is Matt Balmer. This is Donna Murphy. This is Nia Vardalis. This is Jesse Tyler Ferguson. This is Beanie Feldstein. I'm Octavia Spencer. This is Ben Platt, and you're listening to Little Known Facts with my favorite person on the planet, Alana Levine. A-OK. Welcome to Little Known Facts, a podcast where you will hear unfiltered, raw, honest, and uniquely funny interviews with artists you love as they talk about the art they love to make. I'm your host, Ilana Levine. Hey, I heard you needed inspiration. He's Ilana and friends with some revelations. Little known fact of the day, every little thing's gonna be A-OK. Little known fact about my guest today, growing up with her mother, actress Leah Thompson, who starred in all the Back to the Future movies, and her father, director Howard Deutsch, who directed things like Pretty in Pink and Some Kind of Wonderful, and her talented sister, and a whole family of artists, there was never any question that she would join the family business. I'm so honored to have the extraordinary artist and beautiful human that is Zoe Deutsch joining me for my 250th episode. Welcome, Zoe, to the podcast. A-OK. A-OK. Hey, everyone. My guest today is the award-winning actress and producer, Zoe Deutsch. Zoe has starred in over 20 films, including The Outfit, Before I Fall, Rebel in the Rye, Flower, Set It Up, Zombieland. She's also starred in almost as many television shows, including The Politicians, which did Birth, Ringer, and Sweet Life on Deck. She can be seen starring opposite Justin Bieber in his music video for the song Anyone. And she's also starring with Ed Sheeran in his music video for his hit song Perfect. But mostly all of this is just um, a way of my saying I'm so thrilled to welcome Zoe Deutsch to the podcast. Welcome. Thank you. You know, I, I you already know this, but when I asked our mutual friend, Ben Platt, who should I have be my 250th episode um, of Little Known Facts? He was like, Zoe Deutsch. And I don't know why it took 250 to get you here, but you are very busy and very popular. Um, but I feel like it's all meant to be today. So thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I can't wait to chat. I am very thrilled. So First of all, how do you and Ben know each other? Ben, I, okay, actually, he came to the premiere of a movie I did called Flower. And the next morning, actually, I had an audition with him to play his, I believe she was either schizophrenic or bipolar um, sister in a movie, which I didn't get the part, but we bonded in that audition big time we fell in love and um and then from there on out we we were just two peas in a pod and then we ended up doing the politician together so and um and so yeah that's it that's a you know i i love that story just because it you know as an actor a no isn't always a no it can be a yes for much better more <laughs> important things like a friendship yes a With lifelong the time, friendship. like who knew right 
That's incredible. Yeah, I, mean, I would have way rather gotten a, a friend for life than that part. So, and ha- I didn't really, I wasn't of course conscious of that in the moment, but, um, but yeah. But that's such a good reminder. <laughs> you know, you really never know. You never know what's in store. <laughs> no, um, but all good things happen through Ben Platt. A lot of people who grow up, and I have so many people on this show whose parents were also artists, and and some of them like go so far away before kind of admitting that they want to do like the family trade. No, everyone in my family really they're all artists and 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 that is i feel really lucky i think one of the thing the real privileges of that is it was never a question i never had the hurdle that so many people and artists have where they go can i do this mm-hmm. you know that's a huge hurdle can i do this that that was never a question that i saw you can't be what you can't see and i constantly saw these artists around me doing art and making a living from it uh and you know when you have that uh, that that was that's a real gift, and I'm very very grateful that I I had that. My grandpa was a jazz drummer. My other grandpa was a, you know, in music, and my uncles an actor as well. You know, everyone is in the arts, and it's really it's really special and um, also challenging at times. <laughs> but for the most part, it's it's a real blessing, and I don't really shy away from uh, expressing gratitude for like being in the same business as my folks. Because every other, I mean, it's very common for people to go into the same field that they're, it's a very common human uh, thing to do. Totally, <laughs> to totally. The, the family business. Yeah. And so it's so funny when people are like, well, don't talk about that and nepotism. This, I'm like, well, I don't care. I'm proud that they, you know, I'm proud of the fact that they did some awesome work and perseverance. It's a tough job and they kept going and they've made some really great stuff and I don't shy away from it. What an incredible legacy to have and to share. Um, But it is often the case that parents will go, okay, absolutely. You can see, you've seen it all. You've seen the ups and downs, the the upsides and the hard parts about it. Um, We want you to wait, right? That's often a thing. And so you started really young, but doing stuff as a kid. And was that just because you happened into it or were you like, I really want to do this in earnest? Uh, It's so funny. I started working when I was 15 and it's funny to hear you were so young because even now I'm still, I I still have this like weird idea that I like started late because when I was 15, I was like, I had want, you know, I had wanted to start from the time I was five, right? Right. So it was late based on your yearnings. Yeah, by 15 yeah. and I was ancient. And yeah. I was like, what the fuck? I've been wasting so much time. Like, put me in the, put me in there, you know? Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> even now when people say, like, I talk about child actors, I, I hear myself saying, like, oh, it must be so intense to be a child actor. Like, I have so much empathy for quote unquote child actors, but I don't consider myself to have started as a child. I consider because myself. You didn't feel kid. that way. You didn't, I, you felt no. like you were so ready. And whether or not I, I mean, I was, but, uh, you know, I was certainly not an adult, which I thought I was, but um, I think Abigail Breslin once told me this, which was so fascinating. She said, I don't want to, I don't want to butcher her quote, but she said, who, she's such a lovely person. She said, child, when you're a child actor, you're given the responsibility of an adult, but not the respect. Hmm. And I thought that was, I mean, I didn't experience, you know, I, again, I don't really consider myself to have been a child actor, but I, I, I only am bringing that up as a tangent to 
to say it's a very intense job and it's a, for children. And it's true, you're told to be, you know, you have to do have all the responsibilities of an adult, but then like you're still a little kid and you don't know and you don't get it. And, you know, um, your, your, your perspective and opinion isn't validated or important because you're a kid, but yet you still are expected to like present yourself like an adult and show up and do a very adult yeah. job and be around all these vibes and these things and money and this and that, you know, so. And but, also like when you, when you start, I mean, I don't know if, if sweet light, I don't know if that was your very first job was being on a Disney show. Was that your first or did you have something before that? That was my first job. And it was one of those funny stories where that I oddly feel like I hear a lot, which is it was my first audition. And then I didn't get an audition for like a hundred after that, but it, it, it was definitely like beginner's luck. I, it was my first audition. I was in high school. I was going to this uh, school called Los Angeles County High School for the Arts, LOXA. Which, if you know Phoebe Burgess, she was in my high school, or Haim, they were in my high school too. Really? Yeah, very cool high school. Um, but uh, I was going, I was in high school, I was at a performing arts high school, didn't think it would happen or anything. I was sent an audition and I got that. And, um, you know, a sitcom, you know it, sitcoms are weird. <laughs> They're really weird. And then a Disney sitcom, is it's, it's a totally different genre of acting. Um, but it was, a, it was a very, a very good first experience just in terms of like, I, I felt like I was learning my element, really learning a lot. I remember, you know, and they, I, they, I would, they would put me in these really tight shirts. I'd never even done a play by the way, which is <laughs> bullshit. And I know that a lot of people will resent that statement, but I'd never done, I'd never done any stage work. And what's interesting about a sitcom is a lot of it is like a live play. It's like a live, ever-growing, ever-changing play. If a joke doesn't work, cut it. Writer comes in and gives you a new one. There's a live audience. If you lay laugh, great. If they don't, hmm. And if they love the joke and they want them to laugh, they tell them to laugh. You know, it's a weird environment. Yeah. Why? It's, it's a state. You're, you have a state. It's not like normal shooting a show. But anyway, I'd never done a play. I'd never done, you know, I was, I was grappling with the like, experience of having a live audience and that connection and what that means and 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 you know all of it while also like learning how to hit my mark and all the shit that you know you have to learn and uh and I remember I also like have a sweating problem like I fucking sweat more than anyone and they would always put me in these like tight shirts and in between takes like five PAs would come with blow dryers and I'd have to just stand like in front of the audience and they'd just like blow dry my like sopping wet armpits. And I remember also having a crush on one of the boys and just being like, this is actual hell. Like this is, this is hell. Me just trying to get through this day as a 15 year old like, being dried out by a bunch of PAs in front of like hundreds. Pretty sexy. Pretty totally. sexy. Totally. You know what's good about that? It set the stage for the the reality of acting, which is there's a lot of humiliation involved. Yeah, yeah. But the thing about you and anyone who has seen your work in a lot of the things you do or have seen you in interview situations, you are truly, and Ben said this, he's like, she's the funniest, like the most uniquely gifted comedian were you always aware of how funny you were? Do you know how funny you are? 
I don't, I don't think that I'm that funny, but I appreciate that. But my dad is really funny. My dad is super, super, my dad is a very, very, very funny, classic, you know, like typical Jewish morbid humor. Like he's very, very, um, he's very funny. And I, I'm, I, I am just trying to see. Do you channel an I'm old just trying Jewish to, man? Every, literally. Yes. That's what I'm trying to say. I am an old Jewish man stuck in this body. It's brutal. Let me tell you. No, yeah. I, I, I'm just trying to seek. It's like very simple. Every joke I tell is just me trying to be like, dad, do you love me? <laughs> that's just trying. So, I mean, we're, we're simple creatures. Like I feel like my dad loves me most if I can make him laugh. Like it's fucked up, but it's true. Like when okay. I make him laugh, that's when I feel his love the most. And so that is where that comes And from. so how do you feel your mom's love the most? If the comedy is is the Deutsch side of things. Oh God, probably, I mean, it's probably the same. It's the same with her, honestly, because she married him. <laughs> and so she's- So hearing them laugh brings you so much joy. and you feel very successful in those moments as a daughter and a human. Yeah. I think, I think that that is the, uh, yeah. I, 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 if I was to try to simply, but I, but on the character, like, I honestly, I don't think that I'm, I don't think you should give me as much credit. I appreciate that, but I actually think it's out of <laughs> having like poor reading comprehension skills, like almost all these parts that people perceive to be funny. I, I like totally had no idea. Right. I, had, I am playing it like you, I read them as such straight up melodramas. Like right. I, there's no, it's, I'm working on this script right now that I'm shooting this summer. And I had this like revelatory call. We were like talking to some DPs and stuff and they're like, it's so funny. And the director's like, isn't it? You know, they were all talking about how funny it was. And I was like, I was like, I have to go grab something. I like paused it and I was like, holy shit, is it a comedy? <laughs> I had no idea. I had, I think I, maybe that's a, maybe that's a, um, a protective mechanism so that I don't do the wacky thing that you're saying yeah. that I yeah. is rooted in truth. But like I had that with Buffalo. I had that with flower. I had that definitely with the politician. I, I had that with, um, I've I, I don't know, but yeah. So does it ever hurt your feelings? Like if you're do like if you were doing a scene in The Politician with what was her name Jessica Lang, I wish great things for her. <laughs> cool. Yes, no, Jessica Lang, the greatest of them all. The greatest of them all. I guess I'm wondering so when you're because I think I mean I loved The Politician so much. We could talk about 1 million parts that you've done, but I really loved that show. I thought it had a tone and a and a way of reaching its audience and telling its story that was so unique and every single one of you was so brilliantly cast and so um just channeling whatever whatever you thought it was on the page whatever reading skills you felt did or did not get in your way um she you made something that could have gone so many ways incredibly believable and in in outlandish scenarios and so i wonder would people be laughing when they call cut and like holding it together and then you get your feelings hurt? No, no, I did. I, I don't think people laugh that much. And I don't think that I, we got our feelings hurt ever. But Jessica certainly didn't know it was a comedy either. Neither of us had any idea. Neither, both her and I were in 
a Shakespearean drama. Like we were total. Also, by the way, we were in a different show. When yeah, I watched yeah. it back, I was like, "We're shooting. We're in a different show." Especially mm-hmm. in the first. Se- I mean, obviously, she's not in the second season. First season. I mean, we're in a completely isolated. Like you could take all of our stuff and then make it into like a very, very, you know, like some weird- southern gothic drama. Of exactly. Some kind. Yeah. yeah. Like, it was we were completely it was a strange thing and we were creating our own tone essentially you know because it wasn't exactly i mean it fit in i guess but it um we also had no idea what everyone else was doing is i guess what i'm trying to remember i'm trying to remember that time but yeah we're shooting our stuff we had no idea what the other show was like We, we we weren't with them we were isolated from them and it was very interesting. And so, but then when you got to high school, when your character is in the high school scenes, did you feel like, oh, no? But that's probably also because that's also a good thing. It was probably me feeling like my character, which inevitably mm-hmm. happens. I was feeling like an outsider, which is what my character felt like. She was an outsider. She wasn't involved with these people. And I think those kind of things are so hard to remember in the moment that you're gonna feel how your character feels regardless if you do all the things that are important to do to get out of the character and to free yourself from these things that you're feeling all day and whatever process you have to to like shake it off um but still those things do affect you and i did always feel like and and upon further reflection i think that was it i was feeling so removed from the other part of the show because that's how the character felt yeah well how did the politician come into your life um I got sent the script and I said, this is not for me because it, it was for the app for Astrid, I think. And I didn't, I didn't connect with that character. Mm-hmm. And um, then about a month later, I got a call from Ben and he said, have you read the politician? And I said, yes. And he said, have you read the infinity part? And I said, well, in the pilot, she only had one line and I, I was being short. Uh, I didn't really understand. I also didn't, I didn't, she go, he goes, watch this documentary about what it's kind of inspired by. So watch the documentary. I call him, I go, oh my God, this is insane. I'd love to audition. And I called my agents and then I flew to New York to audition for Orion. Um, but I was, it was like, a, I was there for like 10 hours or something. So I had to bring my suitcases and I ended up like, I was in some audition room and I started helping other people audition for things. And it was a very, I'm remembering all this now, sorry, but it was very fun. It was a very fun day. I like sat in this audition space and just like waited in the waiting room and helped other actors with other things because I had nothing to do because I was getting on a flight right after that to go to Paris. Right. Um, but I auditioned for it in like a full crazy outfit. I brought my baby blanket. I wore like a fuzzy weird sweater and like three skirts and, and like I I did it was very fun I and it was a much it was like a it was a much heightened version more heightened version of the character the voice was a little bit more extreme um but anyway that that's how I got it is Ben was like are you sure you didn't look at this other character and it's hard when you just have the pilot like every all actors know you don't really have a lot to base it off of you right like how am I supposed to know where this is going um and and he he was like hmm and what about meeting Jessica and how did you have to do a chemistry read or were you just cast and then you met on set? What was that like? Jessica was, yeah, no, we just met on set. It was just, uh, and I love, I fell in love with her. How could you not? But she is just a spectacular person and like, you know, above and beyond what I could have ever dreamed. I don't know if you've ever, um, 
met her. No, uh, I sat at a table next to her at Pan Quotidien. So I feel like. Oh, you guys I are best like, <laughs> You guys like are best friends. You guys are sisters, essentially. Blood, you're lady. Yeah, it's sort of like I was in the politician with her. You 100%. were. 100%. Totally, 100%. That's accurate information. Yes. Um, yeah, she's really a spectacular person and, like, really, really funny and really hot. Like, just, like, never met anyone with more sex appeal and ever in my life. <laughs> I don't know if that's inappropriate to say, but it's just facts. That's a, By the way, that is a little-known fact that Jessica Lang is just – she's just hot. It's yeah. just a little-known fact. Yeah, and very funny. So funny. And I said that to her and I remember she, she it was very, it's like one of my most proud moments, but she, they were doing some talk, some talk, Ryan Murphy was doing some talk with the cast and I was working and I couldn't go and, and she was like talking about working with me, which was like, oh my God, I was, it was very flattering. But yeah. at one point she was like, I don't understand. Zoe said I'm funny. And I was like, you are like, she should know she's funny. She's like, anyway, it was very funny. But I really appreciate like even just hearing what you, like you flew from LA with a baby blanket to <laughs> go to this audition. Total. I mean that that you know. By the way, I'm skipping over. Sorry, I'm skipping over a huge part. I it didn't is. just get. I didn't get the. I didn't just get the audition. So basically, what happened was my dates. This movie buffaloed, which I had been producing. Ugh, I'm such a bad storyteller. This is why I don't write, and this is why I just say other people's words. But. Um, I'm forgetting a big piece, which is that Ryan didn't want to audition me. He wouldn't even see me because my there was a little bit of a date problem. Mm -hmm. I wasn't going to be able to be there for the first like ten day, five days of the pilot or something because I was I had I was producing this movie Buffaloed, which I had been working on for a really long time, and it was just a tiny overlap. And I was like, I, and my agents were like, we're getting no, we're getting nowhere. I was like, I'm booking the flight. I'm gonna go. And they were like, well, I don't know. I really don't think that, you know, Ryan, I don't know if that's going to work out with him. Uh, I said, okay, well, can't you guys communicate that? And they were like, we don't want to upset, you know, and I was like, okay, fine. So I got his email from Glenn Powell, who had done Scream Queens with him. And I said, Glenn, send me Ryan's email. I sent Ryan this crazy long email being like, just see me, please. Will you see me in New York? I, this is how I can work out the dates. This is how you can work out the dates. And to his credit, he was like, okay. And he came, I came to New York and I auditioned for him and I got the part and he then worked out my dates, which was really, really, really kind of him because basically I was going to have to drop my movie to even audition for him. Right. And I, like, I can't do this. Like I've already, all these people are employed. I, we have, we rented our production office in Toronto. Like I can't do this. This is like, I can't. So I had to shoot my episode, my like two scenes in the pilot after they had shot it. Um, uh, so anyway, that's the, that was the story. And it was like, and it's, it was, a, it was, a, it was a very um, anxiety and anxiety provoking period. Cause I was like, I went from not being interested at all to being like, I have to find a way, you know, and, yeah. the, the, <laughs> it was yeah. and my right. agents were like, there's no way. And I was like, where there's a will, there's a way. And, uh, and, and it's true. You know, there's, there's, there, where there's a will, there's a way. And you did it and you were fantastic and you were right. And I want to talk about Buffalo because that's just one of a few things that you have been involved in, not just as a, as an artist acting in the piece, but producing. And so I want to understand more, like, tell me about producing, tell me about taking ownership of something in that way. And how do you, how do you do that? 
I think I'm crazy. Uh, <laughs> I have so many actor friends that are like, why the fuck would you want to produce shit? Like, that's insane. You're an insane person. Um, I have so many awesome friends that are artists, you know, mm -hmm. like we have so many cool people in our orbit that like don't get job, you know, that it's so hard to get a job. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's just hard to get a job. And I just like hated looking around and being like, how come I'm waiting around to get a job? How come I'm waiting around to like, how come my friends are waiting? Like, let's just, let's do it. Let's you know, I think sense. a lot of people, I think, and it's a lot easier said than done in, 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 in you know, most of the stuff I try doesn't work, but when it does, it's really fulfilling to be able to, you know, provide or, or, you know, uh, or work with people you love or provide opportunities for people that, you know, deserve them. Um, and, and also the other thing is like, I found that it made my life a lot easier in a weird way to start producing. Like for Buffalo, when I was location scouting, I got to be in the spaces. I got to see mm -hmm. what my kitchen drawers looked like and on the set, on the location. Like I got to like be and block it out a little and like be and I got to look at all the department heads and go, I'm not sure that that feels consistent. You know, like I, you get, you're even being a part of the details doesn't make it harder. It makes it easier because it is such a detail oriented profession because those details, are, the specificity is what makes it um, good. Mm -hmm. uh and so yeah i i i just i just like it i like it for all those reasons um i have i'm lucky to have like a lot of friends and access to cool scripts and stuff and i go how can we how can we Let's find make a way it. To yeah. yeah yeah you know you talked about when you got your first job you hadn't been in you know you said you hadn't done a play um, um talk to me about craft and sort of how you approach things is it different for each thing do you have like this is my process it doesn't matter what the genre is I always start with yeah I mean I I have my pro here's my process my process is as I'm doing it right now my process is like I, I print out a script I don't I can't do it on a computer and then I I read it like a billion times <laughs> and then yeah and then I start working. I have a teacher mentor who I work with who we break down the whole script once just yeah. to make sure there's not anything huge that's sort of like, ooh, this is this needs to change. And, you know, there's usually like a couple little big things, but we're not talking minute character stuff. We're talking like big picture stuff about the story. And then I go in and every single scene, every single moment, every single thing we talk about. And then I have a dialect coach who I love and I work with. And then I have a um, Alexander Technique teacher that I love and I work with. And those are, I have my three teachers. I have my acting teacher, I have my Alexander teacher, and I have my dialect teacher. And those are, that's everything. I credit everything I have to them. I credit them with everything like I am nothing without them I don't care if it's a comedy or a drama or a, <laughs> a commercial or any you know it's like these I, I don't work with them for auditions I will say okay uh, I, but I but uh you know and and it's expensive as ever <laughs> it's expensive yeah. but it's the greatest investment I've ever made in my life in myself um it's 
awesome. I get to go to school every time I have a part. I Mm -hmm. get to like be humbled by these people who know so much more than me every time. I get to really fall flat on my face and embarrass myself so that by the time I get to set, there's nothing I can do that could possibly be as embarrassing as, you know, when I work with my Alexander Technique teacher, we always pick an animal and I'm sitting in a theater playing like for the politician, it was an octopus. And and I'm playing, I'm doing this scene 100% octopus, or I'm doing it 40% octopus. I look like a fucking idiot. And then by the time I get on set, I'm like, there's nothing I can do. There's nothing I could do that could be as embarrassing as me playing 100% octopus in a theater of no one. Like, there's just nothing. And it, there's something so freeing about letting go of, of or letting go of, like, just not being afraid, you know, you, you know, it's like you, you, that's really what stops you from opening up is fear. Right. So, um, all of it is just to block the, just get rid of the fear, get rid of the like weird voices. And the more prep you do for me, at least the more prep I do, the less I can tell myself, you don't know what you're doing. Cause I look at my page and it looks crazy and there's so much writing and there's all this stuff. And whether or not I need to look at all that stuff, it doesn't matter. But I know I did the work I deserve be here. I can look at the page and go, you showed up and you came prepared. And that is the confidence that like allows me to like, you know. But for auditions, you're instinctual. No, I just don't. I've learned I don't want to. If I start working with my teachers on auditions, I'm attached to the character and then I I get heartbroken. I think there has to be a certain level of and people should know this. This is the truth about auditions. And someone should say it to people. They know you walk in and they know. And that's Mm -hmm. the truth. You are right for something or you are not there. You can either take that as a bad thing or a great thing. You are not going to convince anyone. that you are it, you are it or you aren't. Like, I just don't, and you know, I I just feel like people have to also have, you know, I I don't know. So I just don't, I've been, it it doesn't, it doesn't serve me to think I could ever come in there and do 100% because you can't. Right. Can't do 100%. Audition acting is not acting. Audition acting is a is a version of acting. This is my very, you know, specific perspective. And I'm curious yeah. how you feel. But audition acting is not, you know, that's not how it, it's going to be when it's shot, right? So, or on, on the stage or, you know, it's just not how it's going to be. So they can either see that you can get, that th- it'll be there, mm-hmm. that this is a template, that this is the blueprint, or they can't. And, and it, there's no point in torturing yourself and, and falling in love. And, and like, I just, there's, there were too many instances where I went so deep and then I felt like I never, it was like this dead person inside of me. Mm-hmm. Like it never got to like live. It never got to exist. It, I just was like mourning the loss of this character all the time. Um, and I, it's not worth it to me. But I work really hard. I'm not saying that. It's just these, when I work with my teachers, it's a different thing. It occupies a different place in my brain. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Do you get nervous before auditions or are you used to it now as part of your job? I get so nervous, but I think I try to tell myself that I don't. I also think that I get really like, uh, like kind of like, but I'm like funny-ish, annoying, like 
pseudo fake confident, which I think has hurt me in my career, honestly, in some ways really? or not, or it's just given me, well, because then you, you get the parts that a lot of, especially early on in your career, you get the parts that your like natural nervous energy is. So if you're nervous, if you get shy in a, when you get shy, when you're nervous, you're going to get those shy parts at the beginning of your career. If you get like bitchy, you're going to get the bitchy girl parts. If you get like, ah, you know, you're going to get ah, parts, you know, um, because you can't, I think, I think it really, really shapes your early career. Your That's in so interesting. I feel like that is so true. And I've never sort of thought about it in that way. Do you have favorite roles that you've done that were hard to say goodbye to? Maybe Flower. I really was that, but it was such a short shoot. It was 17 days. And I just, that part. You did I, that part in 17 days? And I love that part. I really mm. love that part. Uh. Yeah, I, honestly, maybe Zombieland, too, mm -hmm. which is so weird. But I had the most fulfilling experience on that silly movie. I can't even explain. I just had the most fulfilling experience. It was so awesome. I got to work with my, I got to work with Woody Harrelson and Emma Stone and Jesse Eisenberg and these great actors and like play ball with them. And it was just, they were the best and they were so funny and wonderful. And we just, improv all day and laughed and like I was playing this crazy character this like insane heightened Paris Hilton version thing and yeah. I just played all day long and it was so it came at a time when I was like oh my god I'm the worst you know I was like really doubting myself and mm -hmm. it was a very life-affirming like experience I just loved it that one was really hard to say goodbye to really hard and Woody Harrelson like the best. He's so funny. <laughs> He's so great. He's so great. All of them. I mean, God, I, all of them are really special, but yeah, I think that, the, yeah, I think those two, those are the two that come to that mind. That kind of pop in your head. So what are you working on now? Can you say when yeah, you have I'm, the I'm, script on your desk there? <laughs> uh, uh, set the stage. We have a script in front of me. That's deli shirt on are you um, sweating or are you not sweating totally i'm sweating it's a disaster and i switched <laughs> to natural deodorant which is a complete nightmare by the way but you're doing the right thing uh, i'm doing a movie called not okay um i actually don't know if i can say what it's about but it's okay. awesome and uh i'm gonna shoot in new york again which i love i'm very great and um, I, just, I just did a movie with Mark Rylance in um, in London, which was really crazy special. Um, and that, we got to shoot that movie chronologically, which was super, super interesting. We shot, it's, it's, it takes place in um, one area. So we had like one set and we shot it chronologically. <laughs> That's such a rare, wonderful thing when, when that happens. Who was your director? His name is Graham Moore. He wrote it and he's, he directed it. So Mark Rylance is so brilliant and such an interesting person. What, what was it like working with him? He is very ethereal. Like he's mm -hmm. a very magical creature. I really don't know 
how else to say it? He, he, he is so sensitive and so beautiful. Um, that was a that was a, that was definitely once in a lifetime lucky very lucky the rehearsal process for that felt like I was going to like the greatest acting school I could ever imagine um I, I felt a little less guilty for not going to <laughs> rot you made up for it you yeah, made up for I, it with I Mark Rylance like, but I, I I was proud of myself that I didn't act like I knew what I was talking about I would ask him questions all the time I was very vulnerable and he was very receptive and 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 loving and 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 uh wonderful but um yeah he's everything you could imagine and more he's very magical is the way i can describe i can see um (laughs) what is the audible podcast that you and your mom did yeah and how did that happen um, my friend, so Gavin Pallone, who was producing Zombieland, um, we're buddies and we were just coming up with trying to f- come up with fun ideas. And he, he was like, we should do a podcast. And I was like, we should do a podcast. And we came up with this funny idea. And Audible was like, we want it. And Team Coco was like, we want to produce it. And <laughs> this is exactly how it went. And <laughs> That's so, what it sounded like. And, yeah. and it, was, it was right at the beginning of the pandemic. So it was great because I was like, am I ever going to act again? Let me switch to voiceover acting. Yes, from Let my home. Home. Let me learn. Let yeah. me learn how to switch gears and adapt, which we've all learned how to be more adaptable. Um, yeah. And uh, we got all these awesome writers, like uh, just really cool people. And um, and I produced this podcast called Total Switch Show. It's sort of like a, a not so sweet version of Freaky Friday where a mom and a daughter switch bodies um, and they don't end up switching back, really. It's not like a sweet, like uh, yeah. it's, it's really funny and really perverse and insane. And my mom plays my daughter and I play my mom's mom. And uh, it's we have like, you know, Giancarlo Esposito and Bradley Whitford and Bobby Moynihan and Judy Greer and um, uh, just some really special, awesome actors that taught me a lot about voice acting. <laughs> so it was cool to get to do something like that totally different. And did you guys do it? Did you record separately or were you guys able to record it more like a play all in the same place? Me and my mom got to sh- record, shoot, <laughs> yeah. record together and, um, and we, the other people would zoom in. Yeah. Is your, so you've talked about your bat mitzvah and, uh, and I know that you're like half Jewish and half Irish Catholic. Yes. Did your mom convert? She made it right till the end and didn't and didn't she cross the finish line. There. But as as all as most people who married, uh, is your is your husband Jewish? He is now. He, he converted. Yes. I, yeah. I really hold the experience of my bat mitzvah as really important, mostly because we very rarely, as human beings, get like markers of time. Yeah. And I think that became that much more clear to me during COVID. I don't know. You know, it's very, and to have a mark, to tell a young woman, like, you're a young woman, like, how exciting, enjoy that. Like, we are going <laughs> like, to, yeah. there's a weird thing that I loved about it. Um, the responsibility of this, you know, reading from this ancient thing that yes. <laughs> has seen so much uh the opportunity to be a part of something bigger than yourself um you know at that time you're really in your own bullshit uh and it's nice to like get outside of it um i also went to, i had a really cool rabbi who just was very open and 
uh, to, to kind of more, I don't know, uh, reformed ideas. <laughs> so that was, it was great. I'm very proud to be Jewish. And did you grow up celebrating like all, like, Christmas and yeah, Easter. I, so, and so did you do yeah, yeah, everything? Yeah. And we still do. We celebrate all of it. I, How I did you become, like, I think of Courtney Cox in a Bruce Springsteen video. Like that was very much in my generation. Like that was such a big deal when Bruce Springsteen like pulls her out of the audience and she dances on the stage with him. But that was like, it was just a big thing. You, on the other hand, weren't just plucked from the audience and got to be in Justin Bieber or Edge, like I know what's going mistake. on. I shouldn't, I shouldn't do both. I shouldn't have done both of them. I just love pop music so much, and like okay. you know, my agents were like, "Oh, you know, send this to me." Like as if I'm not going to do it. I was like, of course I'm going to do it. Like I love. I'm you know I am such a pop music whore. It's the best. I was so excited, um, and everyone's like, "Why are you in so many music?" They're like, "I don't know. I'm sorry. I'll never do one again." But uh, is it so much fun, or is it so hard? neither it's okay. not hard and it's not that fun it's like there's no real character there's no real you know is lovely as the people are that are creative behind it it's like you know you're getting you're just it's all visual it's yeah. all like bold, bold strokes yeah and i'm supposed to look pretty and that's what i'm supposed to do so it's neither hard nor that fun i loved and without not trying to sound not grateful i i i i uh i love those two artists like I'm obsessed with them so it really was just an opportunity to be able to say to them like I love your music thank you for making me so happy bringing me and my friends so much joy you have done so many things there is so much more to come I feel so lucky to be on a planet where I get to see your art and I can't wait to see what you do next and I can't imagine having more fun celebrating 250 episodes than with you Zoe Deutsch and before I let you go, um, is there a little known fact that you can share about you? Well, first, can I say congratulations to you? Thank 250, you. That's amazing. That's I a know. lot of hard work, a lot of talking, a lot of, a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff. Congratulations. That's Thank really you, cool. You were the sweetest. Thank you. Little known fact is um, the only food that I really, really hate are scallops. And then another little note, that was really deep, I know. And no, then, that was the deep one. That was, by the way, that was the deep one. <laughs> so get ready for the surface one. Uh, little known fact. Well, it's interesting. We were talking about auditioning. And one of the things that I've been working through right now in therapy, and I never, ever thought that this was the case, but I guess this is a stupid little known fact because it's applicable to everyone. But I am so good at dealing with rejection in auditions. Like I hear no and I go, great. And most of the time, sometimes it's really painful, but most of the time I can really handle it and I'm proud of it. And I'm like, okay, you know, and I realized I, cause I always associated myself with being good with rejection. And then I realized I'm terrible with dealing with rejection in my personal life. I do everything that I can, can to cushion myself from not experiencing rejection in my own personal life mm -hmm. to the point where like with boundaries, I can set boundaries, but if someone else sets a boundary with me, I think I interpret that as rejection. So basically what I've done is I've cushioned my life to avoid rejection in every way that I can because I feel like I have so much rejection in my work. So while I was being super proud of being able to handle rejection in work, I was doing a really bad job of handling it in a healthy way in my real life. Um, and I, that's a little known fact about me. <laughs> that's so, that's a lot of self-awareness and, um, 
what tremendous growth. I don't know. We'll see. Next yeah. time we talk, I'll let you know how yeah. it's going because it's it was really it blew my mind. I was like, that's no. incredible. I don't know if people, if you have this, but like you know when you're trying to you have resistance to something and then it's like right past that resistance comes growth. You ever, you know, like right when I was like, no, I am really good with dealing with rejection. And then right when I got past the, the, like the, the defensiveness was where I found like, oh, that's, that, that's the truth. So, yeah. Well, when and you I come back for the 251st episode, we're going <laughs> to find yeah. out how it most, all went. Most importantly, just know that I don't like scallops. I think that's the takeaway. That is the big takeaway. So, Silly, thank you. Thank you for thank being you. here. What joy to talk to you. Thank, thank you. Thank you, you so much. Tell your kids I say hi. I will. <laughs> A-OK. One more thing. So many of you have asked, how do you donate to the podcast? Well, it could not be easier. Just go to littleknownfactspodcast.com slash donations. Instructions are clearly laid out, and I'm so grateful to you in advance for any donation you choose to make. But regardless, I have loved, loved, loved making the previous 200 and something episodes for you. I can't wait to make 200 more. I wish you a beautiful day. Stay healthy. Be safe. Until next time. The episode was edited by Nicholas Klar. We recorded in New York City. And the Little Known Facts theme song was written and recorded by Georgia Famusa with backups by Caleb Famusa. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.